Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. So welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. I have with us an absolute rock star, the owner of One Path Realty, team leader, and just all-around great human being, Mr. Abel Gilbert. I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me, brother. My pleasure, Aaron. Thanks so much for the introduction and also for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, man. I've gotten to know you over the you know a good uh, amount of time here. I know we met at a... Uh, event where I was uh, on a panel. I've had the good fortune of working with you and your team, um, you know, in a coaching capacity. And I always like to hand select right people uh, for this medium and platform that I know can add tremendous value. And I know people are going to get tremendous value from you. So we were speaking uh, off camera prior to getting started. And you said something which was, which was pretty awesome to me is that you noticed you were looking through notes of a year ago and you had a particular goal and objective. And that goal and objective was to be out of personal production, right? And you shared with me that you're 93% to that goal, man. So congratulations on that. And I guess I'm curious if you could just for a moment kind of walk the audience through like the critical components of actually making that happen. Yeah, well, it's um, it's a complex situation in, in, in the sense that it's not as simple as wishing it and making it happen. It's a, it's a process in which, you know, first of all, you have to um, consciously understand that the only way that you're going to be able to make all of your other goals happen is if you're able to remove yourself from situations that, uh, that use your time. You know, like I have everything I do in business uh, is based on, what is the highest and best use of my time? You know, and for me, being a real estate agent has always been a very fulfilling experience because, you know, I don't see it as just making money. I see it as it allows me and gives me the opportunity to create and maintain relationships with other people. So uh, for me, being an agent has always been very, you know, fulfilling because of that. But in the process of, you know, here I am, I'm the creator of, of One Path Realty. Um, our, you know, our goals and growth is, is happening faster than what I anticipated. Uh, and not by luck, but because, you know, all of the different decisions have been very conscious. Um, I knew that it was time for me to be able to remove from production, remove myself from production, because that's really the only way that I'm going to be able to deliver, you know, deliver uh, the promises that I'm making to the people that are choosing to work with me, you know? So it was a conscious decision. Um, it actually, it, at, at the beginning, it was, it was painful in the sense of uh, here I am now, like I'm not doing anything on the weekends anymore. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm always like feeling um, I'm almost feeling depressed, like I have nothing to do. 
But then I realized that it was for a bigger reason. You know, it was for a bigger purpose. Um, not being in production allows me to dedicate more time towards the growth and evolution of my team agents and my brokerage agents. When if I if I was in production, then I'm literally out showing homes. So like I have no time to talk to an agent that has a question. I have no time to train an agent that wants to be onboarded into the team. Um, so that's that's really the, the the you know the main reason why getting out of production. If you're a team leader or if you're a broker um, that that is in production and that understands that the the biggest profitability will come from a team more than even a brokerage, then you need to be able to make that conscious decision to get out of production so that you can have more time to keep your promise to your team agents and to your brokerage agents uh, because you're going to overpromise and under deliver. That's so interesting, brother. So I wrote down a couple things here. Um, the first one is what came to mind as you were talking about this is like where focus goes, like energy flows. Yeah. And I remember on one of our calls, right? Uh, I asked you just flat out. I'm like, dude, what do you want? Yeah. Like, do you want to be a listing agent and list this property in high volume? Or do you want to, you know, kind of create a team and pull yourself out of production? And you made that decision. Yeah. And so it's being decisive, right? Right. Uh, just deciding. I know the, the suffix I'd, it means to kill. Yeah. Right. So pesticide, homicide, suicide, genocide, right? So you killed off the option of production and it allowed you to focus. The other thing that... I wrote down as you were saying this to me is that um, when the player is the coach, the accountability is weak. Yeah. So like when you're playing on the field and you're trying to like, you know, kind of coach and lead your team, the accountability is going to be weak because you're, you're focused on your own stuff. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I like to say something about that, Aaron, that I think it's really important for both brokers and agents who are seeking, you know, the right team uh, should be able to recognize. So, um, you know, my story, basically, as I decided to open and create one path, uh, the foundation of how I wanted to lead the company was based on um, I need to be able to walk the walk, uh, you know, not just say, oh, look, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. And then not have done it myself. You know, there was a part in my career in which I interviewed with different brokers. When I got my broker's license, I decided to not open my brokerage right away because I didn't feel ready. I decided to, you know, go to another brokerage so that I could learn the piece that I was missing. And as I interviewed with all these different brokers, um, I realized that most of them didn't know what they were talking about. You know, most of them had not been in 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 production. And then, you know, I looked up their numbers and saw what they did and kind of got to the conclusion that most brokers become brokers because they suck at being agents. <laughs> and then, you know, and look, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know, like it's a business decision. If you realize that you're not good at something, but you want to stay in the industry, you got to figure out how else to, you know, to produce. So I understand. And, you know, it's not to criticize someone, but it is important that if you, you know, if you don't have the skills, then don't say that you do, you know, like if you want to teach somebody how to do something, make sure an expert teaches that person how to do something, you know, which takes me back to what you just mentioned as far as like when, when we were working together, you know, uh, I felt like in my, in my uh, book of expertise, the one thing that was missing was cold calling expires. So I was determined 
you know, I need to learn how to be the best that I could be to, you know, to get to get expired uh, listings. And obviously, you know, I always whenever and that's also something that it's important for people to, you know, to recognize is that if you want to learn how to do something, make sure that you are surrounded and that you learn from the best. And, you know, I do my diligence for everything I do. And it didn't take me long to realize that you are the best, you know, with that skill. So then as I'm coaching with you and I'm like, oh, my God, like this guy is the best that I could, you know, that I could learn from. I just couldn't get myself to do it. And then I got to the point where I realized, you know what? I need to stop swimming against the current. And I think a lot of people need to make that conscious decision. If you realize that you're not good at something, then, you know, take a step back and think, what am I really good at? And not only what am I really good at, but what should I be doing based on where I am today and where I want to be tomorrow? You know, like I'm really good at things that that I, I, I'm not doing because I shouldn't be doing because they don't really are not going to get me to where I want to go. So if you realize you're not good at something, then, you know, figure out what what you should be doing in order to get to your goals and then put the people in place that are going to make those things like for example our goal of you know of of uh getting in touch with expired sellers and for sale by owners when i realized that i wasn't the person i hired the person and then i had you coach that person because i wasn't the right coach for that person so yeah so yeah definitely that's the way to do it yeah, that makes total sense to me. That's awesome. So I guess I'm wondering, like with that transition over the last year, because we've had a very interesting year, right? Yeah. Uh, with a lot of things happening, both socially, economically, we had a marketplace uh, kind of take off, even though it was counterintuitive, you know, like why would that happen during a pandemic, right? Uh, but there's an issue of a shortage of supply, very cheap money. So, you know, that's kind of uh, created this environment that we're in. So what would you say were like uh, the three critical things that you put in place. I, I heard you with regards to making a decision. You got to decide this is what you want to do. And then from a practical perspective, right, in the tangible world, what, were, what, what are some things that you think, like three steps that you think are really important for an agent who wants to make that transition from being an agent to moving into, you know, more of a kind of operating principle role? That's a great question. Um, you know, and, and it's important to to make, uh, you know, make sure that there's a, a clear difference between who, what type of agent is ready to, you know, become a leader of their own team, group, business, you know, business within a business, and which agent is the type of agent that, look, that's a great, that's a great goal, but you, you first need to, you know, go through a process of, of learning all of the different skills and abilities that are required uh, and the consistent results that you need in order to get to that point. So what I would say, you know, as far as, um, you know, a, a solo agent, you know, somebody who who is doing business on their own uh, and that's trying to make it on their own and who's trying to figure things out on their own. Um, the main thing to focus on and, and not just, you know, from my past experience, but what also this year has shown me is that you have to keep it simple meaning that you have to focus on the daily actions that are going to get you the results, you know, in the month, in the quarter, in the year. And what I mean by keeping it simple is that 
you know, in our business, there's a very clear chronological order to get to a closed sale, which is first, you need to have a conversation, you know, and the conversation starts from making a phone call. So step one is you got to make calls, you know, whether you choose to call sellers or you choose to follow up with buyers or your, your sphere of influence or your past clients, you have to make a call because that call is what's going to create the conversation. The conversation is what creates the opportunity. If you don't have conversations, then how are you going to create possibilities of, you know, having a client? So, and then the third step from that conversation is setting up an appointment. That's what's going to get you the possibility of either taking a listing or helping a buyer make an offer on a home. And that's what gets you the pending sale and the closed sale. And obviously throughout this process, you also focus on getting referrals. So for a, a, you know, a newer agent uh, or a solo agent who's already been in the business and who, you know, is like, oh my God, like, why, why, why am I not getting the results that I want? Maybe you're not focusing on the right things. Yeah. Focus on the simple things. That's interesting. So I wrote down uh, a few things. Uh, One is this idea of, you know, this is a sales business. It's no different than selling books door to door, knives door to door, subscriptions over the phone. And as such, it must follow the same sales process. Yeah. And uh, step one in that process is you got to prospect. I don't care how you do it, whether you pay for leads, whether you're on platforms that give you leads, they take referral fees, or you make outbound calls. A day not spent prospecting is a day not spent in business. And then number two is setting appointments. And what I'm aware of is that what that boils down to is skill. And, you know, I think a lot of people imagine, particularly with like Instagram or like uh, HGTV, like they think that uh, they don't recognize that this is a skill-based business. And without the skills, the marketplace will fire you on a regular basis. So for that individual agents kind of focusing on, um, you know, the activity of prospecting and also however you're going to do it, but also the skill set of being able to set appointments, pre-qualify, go present, right? Give them a compelling reason to uh, move forward. And then the other thing that I think is interesting is, this idea of, you know, like team building, like, cause I know it means so many things to so many people. And what I'm aware of is a lot of the times, in my opinion, for a lot of people, probably most people is it's a distraction because like you said, it's stages. Like first I have to master the fundamentals. Right. And once I master the fundamentals and I have these pillars in place of like listing coordination, transaction coordination, right. Then I can go to another step. And I think what most people kind of attempt to do, right? And maybe it's a little ego because I want to have a team and like whatever and be on a panel like other people is they try to skip steps. They want to like jump to like, you know, I'm a team. And it's like, dude, you have like two listings. What are you talking about your team? I don't understand what you're saying. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um, that's interesting. And then once that person, let's say, has those pillars in place, right? And they're starting to want to reclaim some of their time. They're starting to be okay with net kind of perhaps going down, right? A little bit uh, as far as a percentage of gross in in terms of what you're keeping. Because to build a pipeline, like a a pipe with a system, you need people and that's, you know, more expense. But they're okay with that because they want to start reclaiming time. What would you say to that person? Like, what do they need to be focused on? What two or three things do they need to focus on to allow that transition to happen as smoothly as possible? You know, this is a very interesting subject and it's a subject that I'm very passionate about because it's where I spend most of my time. And uh, and I also reflect a lot on this on this on this process. And, you know, one conclusion that I've uh, I've arrived to is that 
the decision to build a team or the decision to become a team leader has to start in your mind. You know, just like how you said that um, in order for you to, we, we are in a sales business and in order for, to be great at sales, you need the skills, you know, that come from practice and from repetition. To be a team leader is a completely different type of skills that you need. Yeah. And the reason why I say that it starts in the mind is because when you make the conscious decision of wanting to lead others uh, to not just help you, because, you know, you also have to make this decision not based on me, 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 like how am I going to get these people to make me money? It has to be based on how am I going to help others be the best that they could be? And to make that decision, you have to make it from a point of contribution, you know, from a point of um, I need to be able to help them, not just them help me. And I need to be able to offer them the value that they need to become better than what they are today. But in order for you to do that, you have to become better yourself. So the mistake that I see from a lot of you know people that feel or want to build teams is that they haven't done the work yet to improve themselves, you know, and and again, we're talking about sales, we're talking about business management, because really building a team, it's it's mostly about business management. Uh, but all of this needs another foundation, which is personal management, you know, personal growth, uh, being the right person, you know, because in order to make these decisions, you know, literally, like this is my... Uh, how I feel with my team agents and my brokerage agents, they have to eat before I eat. Because the role that I've taken is the role of sort of a parent, you know, like I'm their guardian. I'm the one that is watching over them to help them make their dreams happen so that they can then help their clients make their dreams happen. So when I make the conscious decision to get out of production, it was also a process of me thinking, okay, by myself, I could only help about 50, 60 families a year. But if I focus on, you know, helping other agents, I'm going to be able to help instead of impacting 50 families, I'm going to be able to impact 500 families, you know, which is exactly where we are today. So like you see this number right here, like that's how many close and pending we have for 2020, you know, so like, once you see that number, once you see that impact and you see like the lives change, not just on the family perspective, but on the agent perspective, all of that influences you and, you know, gives you the, the, the motivation to keep going. But it, it definitely starts from a personal decision. Uh, you need to really understand what you're getting yourself into before you decide to start putting people together. Uh, putting buyer agents together is not enough, you know, because if you're not if you're not providing the assistance to these buyers agents, you know, with transaction coordination, listing coordination, uh, showing homes, uh, putting, you know, lock boxes, uh, running paperwork, things like that. Like if you don't have those pieces in place, then you're just a bunch of agents working together and not really like profiting from each other. That's why a lot of teams fail because they don't have the right structure. Yeah, that's interesting. So then what I'm hearing from you is if somebody is at that stage, and again, I know you're bringing up uh, kind of thinking uh, and how you're thinking about it and really making that shift of saying like, okay, this is about me trying to figure out how can I 
build other people up. And by extension, you know, that'll benefit me, but it's more so the focus on them and from a place of contribution. But the other thing I'm hearing from you from a practical perspective, because I know accomplishing anything is like 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. Yeah. So it's the 80%. And right. for those who are listening, that's why you hear Abel keep talking about that because it's 80% what yes. we're thinking. And then from a practical perspective, you heard him say at the end, he was like, listen, you have to have systems in place. You have to have staff. You have to have systems for listing coordination, transaction coordination. You have to have systems for like, okay, if you're going to start paying for leads, like where are they going? Yeah. What CRM are you using, right? What's right. the, is there a kind of a round robin in place? Like, do they get emails? Do they get text? Like, right, that whole thing, which is a different kind of skill set. But in order for you to kind of do that, you have to have those foundation in place so you can focus on the implementation of those things. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. And in each area, you need to have experts. And obviously, to have experts in each area, it takes money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, which I think is, and I love that because what I'm aware of is sometimes people imagine like, uh, and I mean this lovingly, but sometimes it's like immature where it's like, dude, if you want to get proximity to power, if you want to get proximity to somebody who is an expert at something, you're going to have to pay them. Yeah. And that's normal. Like, it's just like, it's normal. That's the way business is done. And exactly. making those investments, right? Because there's people on planet earth that already know what you want to know. Exactly. And making those investments and getting proximity uh, I know you, I mean, on a regular basis, you probably have two or three coaches in your life on a regular basis, right? Yeah. Uh, and they rotate based on a particular skill set that you yeah. might need at that time. Exactly. And that commitment is what has allowed you to kind of experience that explosive yeah. growth, you know, over a 12-month yeah. a, a time. You know, an investment in yourself is what really puts you in the position of being able to grow, you know, because if you're just... If you're waiting to learn lessons based on your own experiences, it's going to take you a long time to get to where you want to get. That's a realization I got to, which is why, you know, I invest, I invest a lot of money in guidance because if I have to wait for it to happen to me, then, oh my God, like I'm going to become a 60 year old man, you know, with unrealized dreams. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely see investing in guidance, investing in coaching, I don't see it as an expense. In fact, like it's probably one of the funnest thing I funnest things I do because then I build I know and then it becomes a, a relationship, like you know, like us, like you know, like I could literally call you and and ask you about something and talk about something, and we're gonna be at a level of conversation that uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm you know, this happens to me all the time. I'm sure it happens to you too, where I call you for something and I'm thinking I'm I'm here to call you to get something, and and uh and you might end up receiving more than what I got because that's the, that's a law of contribution. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then the other thing I think is really interesting, and I'm curious to see if this was part of your experience is uh, I was reading in the cash flow quadrant uh, by Robert Kiyosaki recently. And there was a point in there where his kind of rich dad said to him that money has an addictive quality. And because of that, what ends up happening is we get addicted to the way that we receive it, mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting, right? So this transition that you're talking about from like, let's say somebody gets used to receiving it by going out, going on the appointments and doing all that stuff versus receiving it now as being a leader, right? And like, you know, kind of teaching and coaching and kind of overseeing and holding people accountable and building out systems. Yeah. The reason why that's such a hard transition 
is because you it's not you're not just breaking a habit you're breaking an addiction right does that make sense it does it does and that's why that shift from like one side of the quadrant to that other side of the quadrant is really hard because the part of you on the inside that wants security is at war with the part that wants freedom yeah so i'm curious was that part of your experience at all you know now that you bring that up um it hasn't been consciously where it affected me negatively. It's it's been a positive experience. Yeah. Like for me to see the results uh, of you know the production from my team agents and also from my brokerage agents, and see how you know you know it happens. Um, it's fulfilling. It's it's gratifying. Um, yeah. yeah. And I guess what I mean is 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 that prior to making that jump. Was well, that part of like, like, you know, yeah, that kind no. of internal challenge prior to making that jump, I wasn't there. You know, yeah. I, I didn't have the income that I was receiving wasn't enough to replace my personal production. But then I had faith, yep. you know, I had faith that the, the things that I was doing were going to get me to where I wanted to be. Uh, and, you know, also because I planned it, you know, I did projections and, and I, I knew what it was going to take for me to get to it. And then, and then, you know, I made these projections before COVID. So then when COVID happened, I was like, oh, shit, like this is not, I don't think it's going to work out. But then, you know, we got to April and things started coming back up. And, and then, you know, it, I mean, COVID, it's a whole different story. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. here's my question, because I. This is great. And I know people are, are already going to get a ton of value from this conversation about kind of, you know, making that transition and what it takes to do that. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about that I think that you can add a lot of value in is um, kind of trends that you see happening. Because what I'm aware of is that our game is changing like very rapidly and very quickly. And I feel like um, if anything, you know, COVID really sped that up. So I guess from your perspective, being kind of at the forefront uh, of the game doing 500 plus units what are some trends that you think agents like have to pay attention to in 2021 so i see the answer to this question in two parts one is for independent agents and one is for team leaders awesome you know the um the answer to that question from an independent agent perspective is that the solo agent time is is rapidly coming to an end uh because and tell me why you feel that's happening yeah well because now you are now solo agents are in competition direct competition with very well-structured teams mm -hmm. uh like the ones that we have you know so when we go to a listing presentation or when we meet with a buyer for the first time uh, that comes from an online lead source our value proposition and our preparation and our follow-up process is way more superior than somebody who doesn't have those foundational processes in place. Yes. So, and and I, I say foundational processes, not just from like, you know, your own sales skills, but also the assistance that a well-structured team has. Yeah, so you know, it's like they, it's very difficult to compete with the level of service that a well-structured team can provide. And the other thing that just came to mind as you're saying this is like uh, the digital assets because they're competing directly with top teams like mine or yours. Like, you know, we have 465 star reviews online. 
Yeah. And, and technology is changing people's expectations. Right. So, so they're just like thinking to themselves, like, Oh, like Abel's team, like, look how many deals he does. Look at it. Right. And that's very hard to compete with. Exactly. Yeah. That's why, you know, for, for somebody who is a solo agent, what I would, what I would recommend is uh, start making conscious decisions on how can you build your own team? Uh, if you're not there yet, where you don't even have enough production to, make that conscious, you know, decision and transition, then figure out a way to become part of a team or a brokerage that has a collaboration mentality. Yes. Hey, and what I thought, and the reason I'm sorry to interrupt you, the reason why I think this is so exciting is, is that like, I know that people resist that, bro. They resist it so hard, right? Because I feel like a lot of the uh, messaging is like, you know, we're, we live in a very individualistic society. And a lot of the messaging is like, you know, everybody can be LeBron James, like everybody. And what I'm aware of is that 70% of millionaires in the United States work for somebody else. Mm. And there's this like negative connotation with like, oh, like I don't want to be on a team. So like speak a little bit more about that because you just hit on something that I feel like a lot of people need to hear. Yeah, you know, I could say so much about this. And and the reason why for me, this is also a very... Uh, it's a it's a it's a topic and a process that I'm very passionate about because I I went through the experience of being a lonely agent, you know, of being on my own, of doing very well, you know, and and doing way better than average, but being alone, you know, where I was just figuring things out by myself and I was making it, but the experience was different. Now, fast forward, fast forward to, you know, when I decided to, you know, work on collaboration and, and, and be able to work with other people, the experience just gets magnified because now you're able to not just learn from everything you figure out, but also learn from the people around you that are making those discoveries themselves, you know? So, you know, like you said, we live, and I think it's a local it's 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 not so much national it's very local like the mentality that that you know people have of of not collaborating or 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 saying yeah i'll collaborate but then they give you only like a a, a quarter of of the information because they think that you're going to steal it from them and yeah. you're going to steal their business yeah. um that mentality is not going to get you very far and and at the same time it's going to kind of intoxicate your possibilities because now uh you are prohibiting yourself from, you know, discovering maybe more relationships that are going to yeah. get you further. Yeah. And or learning from somebody that can really, you know, benefit you right in a, in a, in a major way. So yeah. that's interesting. So um, the time for individual agents is rapidly closing. And then what's the other trend that you're seeing for kind of a team? So the trend that I'm seeing for a team uh, and specifically, you know, those who are managing teams is that you have to practice what you preach. You have to be able to, like I said earlier, not just put together a team where everybody's on their own, but you have to put together a team in which you're leading them to be better. But in order for you to be able to you know, do that, and it's easier said than done, you have to work on yourself. You know, you have to work on yourself from a personal perspective and you have to always be on top of the ever evolving evolution process of 
of what a team means. You know, like if you talk about a team, like a team is not just putting agents together and then, oh, okay, great. Well, you know, here is the whatever team, you know, a team consists of multiple people that are in the staff, which are the ones that are going to offer the support to all the, all the, you know, buyer agents, listing agents and showing agents. And then all of those, you know, all of that personnel needs to have systems and processes in place. Uh, technology evolves every single month. Like every single month, I, I am discovering ways to integrate our platforms where they can talk to each other and where it allows me from a team leader perspective to measure and track things to like precisely, you know, where it's also allowing my team agents to avoid more double entry, you know, because that's one of the things as a team leader that you want to avoid as much as possible, uh, manual entry of information. You want things to be as automated as possible because if you depend on, you know, like, first of all, anything worth doing is worth measuring. So anything as a team leader, anything that your team agents do has to be measured. If you're not measuring it and tracking it, then then you don't know like where your business is going. You and what know. are some of the key ways or what are some of the key technologies that you're using right now to measure and track? Sure. So the, the number one way or, or the number one thing I use to track is, you know, through our CRM called follow a boss. Yeah. Every single agent in my team calls, texts, emails from the platform. Good. You know, the platform has its own app. So everybody has their own follow a boss phone number, you know, local number, all the conversations, all of the dials happen out of this app because, you know, not only do I want to make sure that this agent has the, you know, the right organization where everything that they're you doing stays in one place, but it's also the only way for me to systematically track all of their calls, their conversations, their appointments, because, you know, from a team leader perspective, I need to identify leaks. I need to know where is there a leak because I need to fix it. Like if there's a leak somewhere, I need to be the handyman that, you know, patches it up so that because a leak means losing money. Yeah. You and know? that's, so, by the way, as in that transition, that's your job. Yeah, exactly. It's not only to track everything that's happening, identify where there's leaks, plug them up. And, uh, you know, by tracking, you can you know, push levers, you can pull back on a lever, you can push forward on a lever and things of that nature. So right. it sounds like the other trend that you're seeing uh, for teams is a, as there's more pressure in that area, the cream rises to the top. So you got to be like the real deal as a team leader, you have to, you know, actually be creating an experience that's shareable that people want right. to tell other people about within the team, not just for, you know, the clients that you're serving in a real estate perspective. And you got to kind of lead from uh, by example. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing I'm hearing from you is like this trend towards like automation and tracking. Yeah. Right. And how critical that's going to be moving forward. And right now we're in this interesting space where not all the tech talks to each other and we have to figure out kind of creative ways to get it to do that. But as time progresses without question, that will happen. Right. And those who have a system in place with which to kind of have that be as automated as possible and as track as much as possible they're going to reap bigger and bigger rewards. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, as we were talking earlier about developing the skills for becoming the, you know, optimal sales agent, because that's what we are. We are in, in the business of sales. 
Now, when you shift towards this part of the business, you know, in which now we're tracking, measuring, integrating, like we're almost having to become computer programmers. Like you also need to now, like in my case, I've evolved my team where now I have somebody who focuses on that. You know, I review dashboards, like that's what I look at. And then as I review dashboards, I realize what I need to, what, what decisions we need to make in order to improve, you know, our processes. But now I have somebody else doing all of this. Because yeah, and it's interesting. Go ahead. <laughs> it's so interesting. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's like, it wants to pop out where it's like, because you have the knowledge of the sales part, you can interpret the data part. Yeah. But what you're saying, which is so interesting, is this trend is like it's forcing agents who know how to sell to forcing them. They have to learn the tech piece. And they don't have to like, like uh, be in like a programmer, but they have to understand the way that it works. And they have to be able to have intelligent conversations with people who are either on their team uh, or that they outsource to with regards to the technology. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, that's why the decision to whether to become a team leader or to stay as an agent, uh, it, it's, it's a decision that is a, is a gradual process. You know, you need to know, first of all, you need to determine where are you now and where do you want to be? You know, one of the driving forces that drove me to making the decision of, you know, being a team leader and, you know, being a broker kind of happened at the same time. And, and it happened at the same time a little bit unconsciously, you know, because I didn't open a brokerage to recruit agents. I opened the brokerage to basically do my own deals. But then as I evolved as, a, as, a, as, as an agent and as a team leader, um, it created an osmosis where other agents, you know, kind of gravitated towards me and, and, and said, how, what are you doing? I want to do it too. And, you know, little by little, other top producing agents started coming to our to our business, and that's why we've evolved to what we are today. But the driving force for me to, you know, to be a team leader uh, is the the driving force of not being an operator anymore. You know, of being able to know that if I want to go away for a month or two, uh, or if whatever the reason is, the business is going to run itself. And another reality of teams, and I would say any industry, is that people are going to come and people are going to go. And that's another part of this process. You know, building a team is not just about sales. It's not just about systems and not just about automation. It's about recruitment. It's about retention. It's about marketing. It's about so many things. And like you said earlier, creating an experience uh, for those agents where they're not just because look, you could be making all the money in the world, but if you are unhappy of who you're making money with, then you're going to be miserable. So all of this has to come with also a very positive experience and, you know, of who you're working with, because if not, it defeats a purpose. Yeah. It's interesting uh, because in that same book, to your point about being an operator, it's uh, talked about uh, this village that needs water, right? So they put it out for bid. And one guy is like, yeah, like I can get started right away. I got buckets. Like I'll just carry the water back and forth. It's And it's a two mile kind of stretch between where the water's at to the village. So they're like, great, go ahead. And the other guy's like, hey, um, I need some time to think about this. And, uh, but I'll come back to you. It might take like six months to a year, but I'll get back to you. And they're like, okay. 
And in the meantime, the guy with the buckets, he's carrying buckets and he's loving it, man. He's got no competition. He's making like five bucks a bucket, right? He's like, this is great. But he has to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. He's got to do it till like six o'clock at night. And then he gets this idea. He's like, well, maybe I could put like this thing around my neck and I could carry like seven buckets at one time. And it's like kind of backbreaking, right? But he conditions himself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually to be able to do it. Wakes up early in the morning, carrying the buckets back and forth. Starts to recruit his family members to carry buckets with him, right? But in the meantime, the other guy was like, mm, I could compete with this guy carrying buckets. But I don't know if that's the most efficient way. He's like, well, what would be a better way to get the water from where the water's at to the village? He's like, I could build a pipe. The problem is, is I don't really know how to build a pipe. So I got to consult with all these different people. I got to consult with like a structural engineer. I got to consult with like a construction company to build it. I got to learn logistics. Like I got to learn all this stuff, right? So he puts this whole team together. He raises money. He has a business plan, raises money, and he starts to construct the pipe. And then a year later, he goes back to the village and he's like, hey guys, guess what? Uh, I built this pipe. And once we flip this switch, the water will come. And instead of $5 uh, a gallon, it'll be 50 cents a gallon. So they flip the switch and they're like, great. And meanwhile, the need for the guy who's carrying the buckets goes down, 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 down. And he has to lower his price to compete. Yeah. And isn't that what we're just talking about? So like what you yeah. just said to me is like what you were doing and what I've done is we become prodigious carriers of buckets. We've yes. conditioned ourselves physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally to carry buckets at a very high level. The challenge with that is I always got to be in the sun and right. I always got to be carrying buckets all the time. <laughs> so by building a pipe, now I own and I control the, how the water flows. And they're just two, they're two different mentalities. And to your point, this is a great way to kind of uh, circle back and kind of recapture this conversation is it's not the easier path. Right. It's easier to carry buckets. Yeah. Because you don't got to depend on anybody. Right. You don't got to consult with anybody, right? You just grab a bucket and you just get going, right? But as time progresses and as this game is changing, right? It's either going to be, I carry buckets, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do so under the tutelage and guidance and support of a large team. Or I, I own the pipe, which would be a team leader and an owner. And either one's okay. You know, it's neither right nor wrong, bad or good. But that's just the way that it's shaken out. Yeah. I Does that make sense? For sure. I love the story. And it boils down to the highest and best use of your time. You know, like you said, it doesn't matter the position you're in because not everybody is not, not just ready, but some people don't want to have the responsibility of, of like leading a group of people. You know, it's not for everyone. What you want to make sure is that you're using the highest and best use of your time. And if you are a sales agent, you know, that you're focusing on buyers or sellers, if you're really good at something specific, you need to figure out a way to put yourself in the position of maximizing your time doing that specific thing. Correct. Those specific activities, whether yes. you are a showing agent, a buyer agent, a listing agent, a team leader, a broker, like all of those positions have highest and best use of their specific times. How do you maximize that? 100%. Because everybody like uh, has a place right in that kind of ecosystem. And then the other thing that I think is true is that if agents are going to, you know, continue to carry buckets, which is fine, maximize that, be as efficient as you possibly can, exactly. and then start to think about vertical integration. Right. Start to think about like, how can I either own or participate in more pieces of the value chain? 
Exactly. Right. Uh, because as you know, things change and, you know, commissions change perhaps by owning more pieces of the value chain, I offset that compression. So listen, brother, this has been an enjoyable conversation. I think people are going to get tremendous value from it. I appreciate you very much. So if people want to find you, if they want to ask you any questions, if they want to talk to you about one path, how do they find you? Well, different ways. I mean, I'm all over the internet, all over social media. My name's Abel Gilbert. My Instagram is Abel Gilbert Group. For now, we're making some changes on marketing. Um, www.onepathrealty.com is our brokerage website. Uh, yeah, reach out, uh, email, uh, DM, anything. I'll be more than happy to share. Awesome, man. And he is, he's the real deal. He'll share with you whatever you want. He always uh, has time for you. So I appreciate you, brother, man. And uh, look Thanks forward for to reconnecting. Me. All right, man. Take care. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.